The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Recruiting Podcast, presented by 24-7 Sports. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here are your hosts, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald, and GoPowerCat.com's Ryan Wallace. Welcome to the PowerCat Recruiting Podcast from the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Ryan Wallace in Kansas City. And with us today are Taylor Bratt, Director of Football Recruiting, and Hank Jacobs, Director of Football Operations. Administration. Administration, I just screwed it up again. <laughs> you were practicing too. Man, I had it. I said it right in my head. He's thinking about it too much. I know. Our, our director of football operations, Casey yeah. Harper, she's Man. the best in the business, so that's why I don't want to. Because this is a new title for my old man brain. It's all good. And I, I can't quite get it right. <laughs> How'd your day go, gentlemen? Go, cats. Yeah. It was awesome. It, it was, was a good. Great day. Was yeah, great anytime day. you can add 23. Uh, Great student athletes, great kids, great people. Um, it's exciting. Uh, best part about today is there are no bad surprises. Nope. So it's fun and exciting ones. So yep. Well, let's start off. And Wally, you just jump in whenever. But I'm going to pick off the easy question. You got a pretty darn good quarterback here. Will Howard jumps off at me. It jumps out at me because he just makes the throws. He looks like he fits this offense. Like. Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hope so. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a as a raw version of what what you ended up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the one thing that's pr- impressive about Will and Taylor, you can chime in when you want to. He's a close to a four student, high test score. Um, if you watch his offense, they're doing a bunch of shift, trade, motion, pre snap. They're in the gun. They're under center, um, and then he does make all the throws. You see him on film. Um, and he's just an impressive, impressive young man. Comes from a great family. Um, kind of hits all the intangibles that you're looking for. He's a competitor. He took his uh, his team to the uh, state semifinal in Pennsylvania, which, yep. as you guys know, is pretty good football. Um, and he's played basketball. Um, can't remember if he did a spring sport or not, but he's a great, great athlete. Looking forward to getting him here. And he's, he's an early enrollee as well. That's right. He's a gunslinger. You can tell Hank's a former offensive lineman the way he talks about quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been wow. around. Whoa. That's yeah. where to go after that, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong, is he classified as a green shirt? I had never, ever heard green of shirt. that. I never a heard kid. He's just an early enrollee. Yeah. That's what yeah, a that's green what shirt technically him, huh? is. Really? When we were defining blue shirt for reasons you can't discuss, mm-hmm. but we were trying to get the actual definition of it and they list green shirts too i'm like yeah. what the hell is this yeah. <laughs> too many shirts too many, too many shirts. colors well there's only one color just put them in purple yeah. yep well guys i wanted to you know start with an easy one for you and it goes back to the first commitment that you guys were able to get in this class nate matlack um you know taylor it seems like it, with coach snyder's um staff and it's carried over with coach Kleiman's staff is you know that that idea of starting from the inside out um, but more importantly to that uh, than that for me was um, how important is it to get a guy like Nate in the sense that he kind of reminded me a little bit of when you had Dalton Reisner, Dalvin Warmack, uh, a kid that not only wanted to be at Kansas State but really wanted to help you guys 
build the the class around him. Yeah, there's no doubt. K-State was important to him, and I thought that meant a lot. You know, having parents that were both alums, uh, he was very driven to be at K-State. You know, his dad didn't even think he was going to commit the day he did. Uh, so that was exciting. I mean, it was – and he had a lot of people. I mean, he visited UCLA. Uh, I know Notre Dame came back in on him. TCU was interested. He's a long athlete. But, I mean, he, his desire and passion and care for K-State – uh, you know, when we FaceTimed, I saw a big old purple power cat painted on his wall at his house. Uh, those little things like that, you know that, you know, as, as and Ryan, you know this as well as anybody else, man, guys who care about K-State will make this thing go. You know, people care, their desire, they're going to work harder at it. And I appreciated him and all the work he put into it, helping us make this class special. Guys, he scares me. I watched his video. <laughs> He's like a raptor out there. He's yeah. just destroying people, and he's so fast. Yeah, and he's, and he's strong. He's strong. Sheesh. He's all those things you want. Yeah. Him and Hank have a lot in common. One <laughs> of the things. That <laughs> you got yes, that kind of speed? That's exactly yes. what I thought of when I watched the video. One of the things that really stands out to me about this class is, you know, obviously needed to get some some immediate help on, on both the defensive and the, the offensive line with everybody that, that's graduating. And, and not only did you just go into the JUCOs and, and get some bodies, you got some quality bodies, guys that, you know, racked up a lot of stats, racked up some honors, are well-known and were well-recruited. And, you know, Taylor, I guess probably you first, or, or if Hank has anything more, but you know this, this state well. You know the junior colleges really well. I mean, how special is it to get, um, you know, guys like, like Derek Newton out of Butler, you know, just to be able to add in right away? You know, those are the, probably the top two programs in the state. We got two, I mean, the uh, a lot of those guys had, I think Derek was first team all conference. So was Kamari. So, I mean, that's, that's a great get. Um, Derek coming back's great. I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, Dawson Del Forge looks night and day different from when he left for Juco to where he does now. He's such a finisher, competitor. Uh, Justin Gardner helps us with length and the ability to play early. I mean, he, he's already played, you know, and with two graduating corners and two, three graduating D tackles, you know we needed those guys. Robert Hintz's motor is unbelievable, and Northwest Mississippi is an unbelievable program. And um, you know, and and knowing kind of on an inside with those things and those places, you kind of know what you're getting with those kids too. I, I know guys that you know junior college offensive tackle was an area that that you would have liked to have gotten. You know, maybe another body, and I, I know Dawson is is versatile, and maybe could slide out there if Coach Riley needs him. But um, let me start by asking this: Are you guys surprised that we have gone through the early signing period without, you know, a, a true junior college offensive tackle? Does that does that concern you? Maybe like it, it has concerned some fans on the board, or um, I mean, if anything, you know, or, or is it easier now that? you know that that's, you know, the only position that, that is still kind of left out there on the board. Yeah, it's, we know we need it. And, uh, I mean, we had to find the right fit and, you know, recruiting some of these guys and that and finding an early guy. There's not a lot of early tackles. And if they are, they're getting heavily, heavily, heavily recruited. I mean, everybody needs tackles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think now that we can go out there and keep recruiting and see what yeah. we can find and turn over some rocks um, and stay after it. Yeah, we're never going to reach – um, there's a ton of junior offensive, junior offensive tackles out there, but I mean, are they the right fit? Can they play here? Can they play right away? Because um, you are limited on scholarships, and you can't just eat up a scholarship just to eat one up. 
I, I think as we're kind of staying along the lines of maybe something you continue to look for, maybe something that didn't get as much, um, you know, in terms of numbers in the classes, wide receiver. You know, that's kind of a position that's in a little bit of an interesting spot. You've got some really good up and comers. I mean, is it is it fair to say wide receiver might be an area of attack moving forward? Is it something you feel comfortable with now? Kind of where are you at on that? Uh, I think coaches and the whole staff is excited about the depth we have right now, wide receiver, and where the young guys are and where they're going to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we got some young dudes that played a lot this year. I think we only graduated one. Uh, so, you know, I mean, of course we'd like to be loaded at every single yeah. position, but mm-hmm. every position kind of has a scholarship max. And if you can get an unbelievable walk-on that can eventually be that guy too, you know, that's another route to help you with your 85 total scholarships. Yeah, and then, I mean, Jalen Travis is a, is a good football player. He didn't drop one ball at camp. Um, he separated. He did everything that we needed to do. That's why we offered him a camp, and we think he has a chance to be a special player for us. Um, and we hit on a lot of walk-ons the, the previous staff did. And um, we're excited about the future of Philip Brooks and Malik Knowles and Keenan Garber and Chris Heron. I mean, all those guys. Joshua they have, they have Youngblood. Joshua yeah. Youngblood, I didn't even mention him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he might okay. want to keep yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> he's fast. <laughs> Tight end. Um, it looks like when I look at this list, there's two listed, but Stuffelbean is a potential one also listed mm-hmm. athlete. Is this an effort to kind of get the tight end more in the image of what the Messingham climbing offense would like? Yeah, we want to line up in a bunch of different personnels, and you got to be deep at that position to do so. Um, and you want to line up in different personnel formations and, you know, disguise some stuff and be in 22 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel. I mean, it's it's important to us. So um, you just got to take big athletes and hope they develop and become and become great, versatile football players. Guys, I want to go back to the offensive line and a guy that, you know, I'm going to pick one off from Fitz because we were talking late last night going through some film. Um, Whit Mitchum. Um, first that. off, I, I got to ask, uh, you know, beyond just what he brings at, you know, six feet seven, 250 pounds, I mean, his, his tape kind of speaks for itself, but how in the hell do you guys end up in McKenzie, Tennessee to get Whit Mitchum? How did, he tweeted at Joe Hall. I and- think so, just – kids i mean just that's why it never stops (laughs) and i'm just amazed a kid like that was sitting out there yeah i mean we're always looking for length that's the first thing you you, you sort incredible you sort your recruiting service list by height going on the list and or by speed i mean it depends Mm -hmm. on the position and you go from there yeah and but in that particular one i think he tweeted at joe hall and (laughs) i watch his film and we're lucky to get him yep Maybe you know the answer to this, maybe not, but um, have you heard from Witt? Is there any plans for him to maybe make the short trip down to see the Liberty Bowl? Uh, potentially. We can't have any contact with him. But, um, oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could come down to Memphis, him and his older brother, Luke. So we'd love to have him. We just can't talk to him. I, I know you guys can't talk about specific players, but the blue shirt thing is new to Kansas State. I mean, their fans are pretty familiar with gray shirting. That was something you guys yep, did quite a bit. Yep. <clears throat> there is a young man that will fill that, I guess. Um, when did the blue shirting thing kind of come up, Taylor? When when did you guys start talking about maybe some of these kids fit this because they haven't taken official visits and fit that criteria? Yeah, I don't know if it's what they fit it or what it kind of came across. It was just uh, an option that we talked about as a staff and progressed forward towards mm-hmm. it. And yeah. Is that a hard sale? I mean, it's not a just depends. It depends on the kid and how you sell it. And yeah. the, you know. There's nothing really that changes. You just can't have off-campus contact with them, and you can't official visit them. 
Yep. Easy enough. One of them mm-hmm. seemed to fit that pretty easily. Yeah. Um, running back. Are you trying to get the tiniest guys now? Is it the, <laughs> like the Sproles thing going here? Where you just are, what? Tell me about these two. You got two guys, five seven, one seventy, that are light up film. Are they slot receivers, running backs, a little bit of everything? Does this fit what you said? Guys that can play yeah, different slots. Athletes yeah. make it difficult on a defense to line up and play. I mean. One player, catch the ball. I one mean. player in thirty personnel formation with the diamond in the backfield. The next year in just regular pro, and he's out in the slot. I mean, it's it's hard to defend and it's hard to predict what an offense is going to do when you're doing all those different. With the four things. we signed last year, I think they were all about six feet or five eleven. Yeah. So this is kind of like a different back that'll mm-hmm. help us, like Hank said, be more versatile. The two that jump out at me positions are offensive line and defensive back. Mm-hmm. You kind of restocked, particularly yeah. defensive back. It's. This is a really good class, a really well-rounded class. Yeah, those two areas get You me. can't have enough DBs in this league. I mean, the Big 12, it's a spread and throw. I mean, it's a corner and DB league and defensive ends as well. I mean, you've got to have those guys to make things happen. And with the wideouts we play uh, week in and week out, with the length we go against, it was important that we got length. Yeah. You know, and we, we were able to do that. And we're excited because, I mean, T and TJ are both from historically good programs in Georgia, and you make a dent in there. And hopefully you can go back there again. That's just what I was about to just chip in real quick is that I thought it was notable how Coach Kleiman brought up today, you know, he wants winners. Mm-hmm. You've obviously been around him and, and all the, the success that he had at North Dakota State recruiting winners. I mean, that just fit his system really well, getting guys that, that have had that type of success at high school. Yeah, and they're just used to competing at a high level, and they're not afraid of the stage. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit more fun with these guys here. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you know, we've already talked a little bit about some of our favorite players already, and I know you guys probably don't want to single anybody out, but was there any player or, you know, multiple guys that, you know, you individually are excited about or maybe veneer just in general among the coaching staff is happy with maybe more so than what you're seeing put out there on social media kind of guys that you're just uh, ecstatic to have that maybe flew under the radar that you are able to land? Uh, you like them all, right? <laughs> uh, I got a special... I really felt like I built a pretty good relationship with T. Denson just because it was a weekday uh, visit. And, you know, he visited five places, so we had to do a lot with him. But there's not a kid on here that I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have a, a great relationship and a, a different relationship. Cody Suffolk being visited us every home game. Uh, he's got a special family. Uh, you know, I really got to know Jay real well, uh, Carver Willis and his parents. I mean, there's so many to be excited about. It's hard to just single out one guy. Obviously, Taylor really enjoys Dawson because of the school he went to before here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I, they're all, I mean, I don't know, under the radar, I don't really pay attention to the star thing. Well, but How about this one then, too? Um, you know, you guys are able to see everything from behind the scenes, including, you know, visits. Um, maybe you got to hear some, some good stories from in-home visits. Is there a memory that sticks out? Um, whether it was from you guys entertaining guys on campus or, you know, um, maybe the first time you flipped on somebody's film. Is there, is there a lasting memory that, you know, you guys take away from the group that you signed, were able to sign today? I mean, I'm on a group chat with all of them on Snapchat, so I get to be entertained every day. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, they're all – I don't know if there's really a memory or I can't just pull one out right now for you. I think they're – sorry, Ryan. Stuff will be in at camp when we offered him. He got pretty emotional. That was yep. that was a pretty good memory. Yeah, uh, he did. Same with Taylor Warner. Mm-hmm. You know, just Kansas kids taking pride and and being from Kansas, and that that was one of my favorite moments. I mean, Nate Macklack when he wanted to commit. I think I've said this already, but you know, he's telling me, "Hey, go find coach." And I'm just walking around the corner, and all of a sudden, I just 
start running as soon mm -hmm. as I crossed the corner to go get coach because I kind of knew what was coming. Taylor and T had a pretty epic photo shoot. Uh, yeah, we went all class out. Monday. That was. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter today. That was <laughs> Sunday night. Yeah, but, Sunday yeah. night, man. We went all out. Mm -hmm. We had a really good time. Yeah. What's become more popular, guys? Is it is it the the cat script or uh, is, is the cat script? Taking over, fill, fill the uh, Wildcats job, essentially, in some of those photo shoots. <laughs> we haven't really busted out Phil. I mean, we have the sledgehammer now yeah, and some of that stuff. And Phil hasn't really – Phil's there. Yeah. He just hasn't been pulled out. I don't yeah. – I kind of uh, feel bad for him. Poor Phil. I know. Yeah. Neglected. So many Get the white but. pants, the white jersey. That's all anybody ever needs anymore. That's what I want. Let's be honest. It's just options. something different. Phil would not look good even in the white pants. Yeah, and white I agree. Phil would still look like he's oh, got issues. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, you're new to this in uh, the state of Kansas, but do you look at kids like Matlick and Stuffelbean and Warner and go, these are really good football players yeah. that services such as ours and 24-7 and Rivals and ESPN all have it three stars. Mm -hmm. I look at Matt like I'm going, how oh, is this kid three stars? Yeah. He's as good as I, you'll see. I don't know. I, I always just try to evaluate a kid and trust my own eyes. I'm not big at looking into stars or whatever. And um, We had a ton, ton of kids at North Dakota State that didn't have any stars and ended up being superstars. So, right. I mean – Carson Watts at one time was the highest-paid quarterback in the league. There's a guard in Green Bay that just signed for $30 million that played in North Dakota State, and he was a not even a three-star. So I'm, I don't really take stock into that. I just a good football player is a good football player, and you can see it. In this conversion from one staff to another, and Taylor, you were literally the kind of the bridge here. That seems to be the core DNA: is just find the kids that fit your program. And develop them. That's what Coach Schneider did. That's what Coach Kleiman's doing. And it seemed to really fit the culture here at Kansas State. Yeah, you got to find kids that are going to buy in. I mean, you got to find the kids that are going to work hard and do all the things you want them to do and get after it, understand the process, and attack each day. And as Coach said, win the dang day. I mean, you got to get kids that attack at 1 0, uh, one play at a time, mm -hmm. all those things. And, and they'll develop. I mean, they're because they're, they're hungry to do it. They're hungry to do it at the place they're at. They're hungry to do it not because they were entitled or they already had it given to them because of a stars or whatnot like that. But, I mean, it's the fact of, again, Cody Selfman comes to every home game. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he comes to every game because he loves K-State. Mm -hmm. We heard Hank talk about it. We heard Coach talk about it today, you know, the kind of the importance of, of what the summer camp slate this past summer um, really meant to this class and, and being able to identify and land some guys back in the summer. Um, but also, you know, the official visits. Um, and, and we heard Coach talk about the importance of, you know, really showing guys this is Manhattan, you know, and this is what we have to offer. Um, so I wanted to touch on official visits because it seems like K-State year in and year out does so well with kids that are able to take official visits. Uh, more often than not, you guys are able to land them. Um, and so obviously you two uh, and the coaches – act as, as amazing hosts. Mm -hmm. But do you have players that are on the team currently um, that act as player hosts that have kind of become, you know, an ace in the hole for you guys? Yeah, I think some of the guys compete over, hey, I'm 5-0. and oh. I know that Justin Hughes will tell <laughs> you that, uh, which is great. That's but awesome. there's so many important moving pieces when kids get here. Uh, Kelly Creer does an unbelievable job. Yeah. Un I mean, she, she's the greatest. Uh, Bo Savage does our Photoshop. I mean, uh, Starkey who takes pictures. I mean, there's Al there's Serby so who lays it out. Right. I mean, there's it's a definitely a group thing. And when 
kids show up, they see smiles on everybody's face, mm-hmm. everybody that's in the building, everybody uh, from anybody they see will smile at them, say hello, welcome. But our kids, I think, get competitive, and they want to yeah. they want to see this place thrive, and they want to see this place be successful because they bought into it too. And I think they want kids to buy into it and see what they saw in it, and uh, that definitely helps. Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as host goes, you just try to find kids that fit and they're good kids and they show them what Kansas State is all about. Hayden Gillum's an excellent host. Yeah, there's a bunch of. Yeah, Malik Knowles. Yep, Malik. Obviously, uh, Josh Youngblood does a great job with them. Uh, Cooper Beebe did a great job. You're all talk, you're talking about guys that even we on the outside can tell are bought in, mm-hmm. that are not just invested as players, but as their lives, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Really makes. And then someday difference. when they get older, they're really going to appreciate this place. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they do now, but I mean, it's something that only grows better with time. Yeah, I think last year, like Goolsby, was a good host. We try to not pair them up with seniors. But yeah, I try not to get seniors. Yeah, guys, just because it's their senior year, it's their yeah. time. How about one more from me, guys? Because uh, I know we're probably getting short on time. But you know, again, the, the folks on our side are always interested in kind of the the stuff that they don't know, the behind the scenes stuff. So. Is there a specific recruitment this year that you felt like was um, extremely competitive and, and one that you guys are very happy that you won and maybe had to take a little bit more extra time on and, and you're kind of reaping those benefits tonight? I mean, Wit, I thought we had to do some extra stuff for, for sure. And, um, I mean, like you said, T. Denson took four official visits before us. I mean, and we got him. And uh, Will Howard visited over the mm-hmm. summer. We had to find stuff to do. I mean, man. Manhattan, Kansas doesn't have a Dave and Buster's and those types of things, so <laughs> mm-hmm. we have to make things intriguing sometimes. That's why it's easier to visit for home games and during bowl prep because we have practice. Um, but you try to make each kid's experience special, obviously, and I mean, you try to also bring in the kids that are local that have been committed a while. You want to bring them together. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's kind of how you built it. Um, I don't know who else you think, Hank, that we really had to. Yeah, T. Dunson was. Had some challenges. When you're Obviously, dealing, we got on him late, but Taylor did an unbelievable job with that. When you deal with a kid like that that's taken four visits before you, are you kind of like, eh, he's never going to make it here? I don't know. I mean, he, it's got to be a little scary. He's, he's got, got a lot of energy. I don't. He kept the love coming, so he's, hey, there's still a chance. Let's go swing the bat. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Well, you guys have another engagement you got to get to. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having us. You yeah. bet. And that, yeah, what do you guys What do you guys do at 5.30 on, on you know, Saturday uh, night? How, do you, how, does, how does Hank and Taylor celebrate after uh, today? 6.30 we have a donor event. Yeah. Ugh. They're off to a donor event. So where well, Hank is the well, keynote, where Hank's the keynote speaker, and he's gonna, you know, we're gonna just keep him going. He's yeah. gonna keep rolling. Guys, that's not that's not quite as exciting as I was hoping to hear. Uh, <laughs> maybe after the donor event, we'll see. Yeah, there we go. If yeah. we go out somewhere, there's too many women chasing Hank around, so we gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for the first half of this recruiting podcast. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. We continue with our PowerCat Signing Day special, a recruiting podcast. Thank you to Hank Jacobs and Taylor Bratt for coming into the studios and sitting down with us and sharing their thoughts. And now 
We turn to our own analysis and our expert, Ryan Wallace in Kansas City, to discuss these things. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, here in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. And let's start with the stuff those guys can't discuss. Uh, there were two blue shirts in this class, something new to Kansas State. I know Kansas has done it. It's really a weird rule. It's far stranger than gray shirting. And one gray shirt, and let's just stop here and say a gray shirt is someone who delays their full-time entry into college. They can be a part-time student or not a student in the fall and then become a full-time student in the spring, gray shirt, and you actually pick up another spring football because then you get that one, and then if you don't want to play in the fall, you can red shirt and get another spring football. There's one guy, Hadley Panzer, did that. Kind of caught us off guard, to be honest, but he's gimping around on a broken leg, and he kind of fits the criteria for that, doesn't he, Ryan Wallace? Yeah, and credit Riley Gates, too, for kind of uncovering the fact that, um, and, and I wonder how much it did lead to um, Hadley being placed on a gray shirt that that probable injury, which is also a shame for Hadley because he's, um, if we haven't mentioned it yet before, we should. He's one of the state's most decorated wrestlers. Um, so, you know, a shame that he looks like he'll probably have to miss that um, for this year because I know he'd be going for another state title. But, um, you know, to be able to get Hadley Panzer, regardless of injury or not, on a gray shirt is pretty phenomenal because, you know, you can ask these Scott Pritchard and Riley Gates. They were there alongside me at the K-State camp um, that Panzer was at where he actually earned his uh, scholarship offer. He is uh, a specimen. Um, he really looks the part, 6'4", probably right around 300 pounds, if not 290, and just is overpowering in his strength. And I don't mean just from, you know, the top, but what he's able to do leverage-wise from below the waist um, is impressive. It was very rare that he lost a repetition uh, against players that were of you know higher level uh, than what he sees in the fall, which you know has always kind of been a knock on the small school guys. Is how long will it take to you know get them ready to go against Big 12 competition? Well, we kind of got a taste of it over the summer, but I think like you said, Fitz, it, it is almost just a bigger blessing in disguise for Hadley now um, that he can have added time to get himself ready for that, that leap and competition level. And I think, I think he's one of the more underrated prospects in this entire uh, class. I really do. I don't want to just echo everything that he just said, but man, you watch his film and you're like, ugh. it, that it is unfortunate. He can't defend his state wrestling title because I have a feeling, I don't want to say it would have been easy, but I have a feeling he might've, might've uh, gotten there pretty, uh, pretty easy for him. I think, I think he probably would have gone back to back. And I think honestly, we're looking at a situation a lot like Ty Zimmerman, a guy who comes in as a gray shirt, can red shirt the following year, but doesn't This goes ahead and plays because they'll have a need for him. Um, after he sits out this season and still have the red shirt available in case an injury happens down the road. But I think he'll be in the mix pretty early in his career. Next topic, blue shirts, a new thing to Kansas State. It's an interesting, weird, strange thing. If you haven't taken an official visit, if you hadn't had official visits from coaches uh, into your home, in-home visit, so to speak, uh, there is a loophole that has now been deemed a blue shirt, which means you can just walk into practice on the first day of practice and get a scholarship as a true freshman in the following class. So these kids would get a scholarship in the 2021 class. I had Coach Kleiman clarify that today. I thought that was very interesting. And we're talking about Felix Anudiki. Is that what we're going with? Anudiki? <laughs> Until we hear differently. Anud 
Anyudiki. Anyudiki. Uh, defensive end out of Lee Summit and Sam Shields out of Manhattan, Kansas, whose mom just happens to be the number two in the athletic department. Who needs an official visit when you're there all the time? Very interesting. This is a weird rule, Wally. This is just weird because they clearly were recruited. There's, there's, you know, they've done edits. They've had photos, you know, so they've clearly visited the program, but unofficially. And so then they can use this blue shirt rule. And they got very creative in getting more guys into this class, so to speak, than they actually had available numbers. Yes. And I mean, the key is they were recruited, but they were off the NCAA uh, books, if you want to call it that. In other words, you know, no money, no official visit, um, no in-home visit where, you know, not in the case of either of these two kids since they're local, but, you know, a a coach that has to fly out to see them or anything like that. So, and and a blue shirt is, is pretty much meant for, you know, I think guys would accept a blue shirt if Kansas State was far and away their best option. Um, where uh, a team looks at them as better than a walk-on um, and, and maybe just uh, for one reason or another, maybe they're healthy or their, their frame is already at a place where you, you, you can see them, you know, being a, a, a role player, even if it's on the scout team. Um, so maybe they don't need a gray shirt to develop. And so Sam Schultz meets that criteria. Um, Felix Anudike meets that criteria. And, uh, you know, with Sam, it obviously makes a ton of sense because, like you said, he's got, you know, a mother high up in the athletic department um, who needs an official visit when you've seen everything there is to see, know everything there is to know. Um, and so for Sam, you know, coming in uh, first first day of fall practice, he'll be on scholarship um, in 2021. And, again, you have to look at it, too, from the eyes of the coaches where they look at Sam Shields and, and you know, Felix, and they say, do we feel like these guys, you know, would be up our boards in 2021. And if the answer is yes, then go ahead and get them now, count them towards 2021, and, and you're already off and rolling. So um, as far as Sam Shields go, uh, really physical kid, you know, comes from a Manhattan program that is ground and pound, blue collar, bust you in the face. And so he'll fit really well with Connor Riley. Um, with Felix Sanudike at least Summit, you know, he's a kid that um, Kansas State identified very early. Had him in on a junior uh, day visit back in January with a number of really, really high-profile players. So uh, that tells you how much they thought of him even that early on in the process. Had him back at camp. I wrote about how I thought he was one of the best defensive ends uh, at that early June camp. Um, He's got good burst, um, was among uh, the top defensive linemen in the Metro, Um, you know, a Simone Award kind of guy, and a first-team All-State defensive lineman at the highest class in Missouri. So neither one of these guys are, are, you know, scrubs, if you want to call it that, just because they've been placed on blue shirts. This was, um, again, absolute steal, a very unique, creative way that we're seeing Chris Kleiman um, boost the numbers um, in this class, which is something that, you know, again, we didn't see Coach Snyder do it, and you kind of wonder why not, because if there are loopholes there to take, uh, you're seeing the benefits of taking. Very funny, too, that this is the second straight year now, you know, of two, where he's flipped a, a North Dakota State commit. Now, obviously, the last one, uh, J- Jaron Lewis, was, was his commit at North Dakota State, but this is another guy that was going to go and, and succeed at, or probably succeed at a program like that. Um, and then he, he comes to K-State. So, you know, he's he's willing to to go to give up his offer at a, at a successful FCS school like North Dakota State, the powerhouse, and go this route, this blue shirt route. Um, 
and if you get to do if you get to play at K-State and, and be a part of this of something special at K-State so I think it's, it's kind of a you know obviously a funny connection with coach Kleiman but uh, I think it does say a lot about K-State that somebody's willing to kind of go that route if it means they get to play in the Big 12. Well, it's intriguing to me. I, I would think they would still be classified as a recruit and still have some options open if they change their mind. I, they don't technically really sign anything on signing day. I think they probably sign blank pieces of paper. <laughs> it's not very binding. Uh, Wally, the next topic is one that I'm fascinated with because I've asked Coach Kleiman about this junior college thing. He doesn't want to do it. I kind of wanted to whisper to him, you're going to need to. I mean, it's just it's you when you're surrounded by these junior colleges with all these players that are very, very talented and you have a need like K-State did along the defensive line. Why wouldn't you do this? Five is probably more than we'll see from them typically. But five was pretty typical of Bill Snyder down the stretch. I mean, he was doing three and five. Um, he wasn't doing the eight, nine, ten or twelve like he did at one time. But what strikes me about this group of five, they all can play. They, Coach Snyder even got into the getting the guys that were going to redshirt because they might be good and they're not good yet. These dudes are all good. These dudes can all come in in the fall and some of them in the spring because they'll be here and, and make an impact on this team right away. I love this group of junior college players. It reminds me of an old Snyder group when he really collected some nice pieces out of the Juco ranks. Well, and I just think it's smart, and, and Coach Snyder was very good at this as well down the stretch. Um, but, you know, you're seeing Coach Kleiman do the same thing, which is, you know, only depend on the junior college players at positions that, you know, you need immediate help. You know, you don't just go get a junior college guy to go get a junior college guy. You get someone um, that you identify that can help a position of sincere need. And defensive line was obviously one of those, especially defensive tackle and to get Robert Hintz, who was, you know, an all-region guy, uh, to get Derek Newton, who was uh, an all-KJCC guy as a freshman, uh, was enormous. And I think the other thing that um, is kind of flying under the radar, and I wrote a little bit about it um, on Tuesday night when Derek Newton committed, is they basically get Derek Newton for free because he already signed a national letter of intent once before with Kansas State. His scholarship, number-wise, does not count towards 2020. Um, so, again, if, if he ends up working out, um, he works out. If he doesn't, you know, it, you're not really losing anything with this 2020 class as far as, oh, my God, we gave a scholarship, you know, that was wasted. So um, to be able to get somebody of his caliber for free is incredible. The other thing, and I'm not 100% sure as far as Kamari Gaines goes, but I'm pretty sure, which is um, the majority of these, of these junior college kids that they were able to get still have red shirts available. Um, do I think they'll use them? Probably not, um, because, again, they're uh, at a position of need right away. But, you know, that's, that's huge, too, um, especially, um, as we mentioned before, you know, just in case there's an injury somewhere along the way, I do feel as though the majority of these guys that they were able to bring in, uh, as far, besides Justin Gardner, since he was already redshirted at Oregon State, um, have a have another you know year of of a red shirt available. I love Kamari Ganius. I just watched him on film. You know the, the limited time that we've been able to, and you know you always see the, the kids' best plays on film. You right. don't see the ones where he struggles. But man, I really think that he has the ability to come in here because I think that defensive end position is one that that's really open. And obviously, you're in a unique situation playing alongside Wyatt Hubert. I mean that he's going to get 
double teamed almost every single play next season. And that opens up a lot of possibilities for you to come in, you to maybe take that, that open DN spot. Now I'm not saying he's the automatic starter. I think they have some guys that can um, transition into that, that role, you know, like a Bronson Massey maybe gets to, gets to see more time on the field. But I really think that we could see Kamari come in here and, and take over um, a major part of this defensive line. I, I would, I'm really excited to see what he does when he gets here. And, and you know, Riley, when you talk about Kamari, just from seeing him in person when I drove down to watch Hutchinson against Fort Scott uh, this past fall, you know, he's, he's rated the number four kid in this class. Um, do I think he's probably that good? Honestly, no. But the thing about him is he's not really bad at anything either. He's very balanced. You know, he's not a speed rusher. He's not just going to fly by offensive tackles. Um, but he's also, you know, got really good size, defends the pass really well. Um, he's just very well balanced. So I think, you know, when you put, he kind of is, is like Wyatt Hubert to a certain degree, maybe doesn't have quite the burst that Wyatt does, but he's going to mirror Wyatt a little bit more. And then you have, you know, a player like Boom Massey and maybe a guy like Nate Matlack that have a little bit more burst, a little bit more athleticism. All those guys are going to complement each other really well for Buddy Wyatt. Dawson Del Forge is intriguing, and, and Taylor Bratt talked about it. He went to junior college out of Womigo and did what he had to do. He got bigger, stronger, more skilled, and he's coming back home. And I've got to be honest, there may not be a better opportunity for a junior college player to step on campus immediately as a starter than at Kansas State's offensive line next season. He's walking into a gold mine situation, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, in our in our podcast, I believe yesterday, um, about you know the fact that there are some junior college kids that I think Kansas State. Uh, maybe prioritized a little bit higher than Dawson just because they're more natural offensive tackles. And, you know, I think when you kind of read the tea leaves and kind of talk to guys through the grapevine, uh, you know, they didn't take care of business. And, you know, we heard from Taylor Bratt earlier tonight and kind of reflecting on Dawson that he's a guy that did go down and take care of business, um, used a redshirt season to just completely transform his body um, and then, you know, really elevated his game this year as a starter for Butler County. I think, you know, he's a player that, like you said, saw an opportunity, not only that it was just a hometown school that saw an opportunity, saw an opportunity that he fits in really well because Dawson Delforge is a, you know, ground and pound kind of guy. He's aggressive. He wants to mow you down. And that's exactly what this K-State offensive line wants out of their guys. And so, um, again, you know, a guy that I think, like Riley was saying about Cromari, I don't know if Dawson is going to walk in right away and play from day one. Um, but if you get him like as a backup, he's a hell of a backup, and he's a guy that fits the system really well. So, um, you know, a proud player that wants to be at home, and I think he'll he'll really make his family and the Amigo community very happy. Okay, we will eventually do a story in which we pick our players that we like most for this or that, or we did it last year, and I'm, I imagine we're doing it again this year. I enjoy oh, yeah. it. I won, by the way. Can we give me oh, some, sure. some props here? I had two and a half points and won it. Here we go. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so let's, but let's just do this. Those guys, being part of the program, couldn't really say it. But who's your favorite in this group? Who's your favorite, Wally? Oh, man, you are putting me mm-hmm. on the spot. You know, I... I mentioned, um, you know, I really do like the the potential um, when you talk about sleeper guys, you know, to get Hadley Panzer as a gray shirt is enormous, but because he's a gray shirt, I'm going to gloss over him. Carver Willis and Whit Mitchum 
are really, really talented football players for being three stars. And you look at what they're able to do, and they still have developing to do because neither one of them is going to be come into campus probably bigger than 270. So they definitely have, um, you know, uh, they need to make friends with Chris Dawson quickly, and I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. But their athletic ability, their length is off the charts. And I think even though Kansas State wasn't able to lock down an immediate um, needed offensive tackle, I think the two they were able to find for down the road are, you know, I, I don't want to say it fits. I really don't. But they're you, you look at Colorado and you look at McKenzie from a classification level in Tennessee, they're two of the better small class linemen K-State has had since a guy like Dalton Reisner. And I, I thoroughly believe that. So those two guys really jump off the page to me. Um, and beyond that, this is tough. This is t- I'm going to say one more. Um, Will Howard. I, yeah, there's just something about Will that he seems to be able to make a lot of the throws and seems to fit what you know Courtney Messingham wants to do in this offense. So there are a lot of guys that I think will develop into really, really good players, but you know, those three in particular are a lot of fun to watch. I wanted to say Deuce Vaughn here. That's the that's the one I want to go to because I watched while you did the, fun, the ten man. highlights He's things so and, and Deuce's play on that. Oh my goodness! I I was like, that's Darren Sproles, and I want to compare him to Darren Sproles because he's five foot seven, and I'm like, oh man, he's it, it. It seems like it fits so well. I want to hold off on Deuce. I think he's going to be good, and I hate to just be very cliche, but I can't help but pick T. Denson here. I think he has a really good size on him right now. Um, you know, he's listed as 6'1". He's, he's 208 pounds. I feel like that's a really good starting point um, for him at the corner. And then he gets into that Chris Dawson system, and, you know, he gets a little bit more good weight on him. But, man, I, I just feel like he's got that it. You know, we said coming into this year that we wanted to see a K-State corner become that guy, um, you know, maybe a bit of a lockdown guy. And I just feel like from what we've been able to gather about him, read about him, watch, you know, whatever, I feel like he has that that mantra about him where you're not going to get past me. I'm going to look to shut you down, and I love that out of my corners. I really like T. Denson, and, and I really think he's going to have a bright future here. I think he could get on the field as early as next year, too, because Chris Kleiman kind of mentioned that in the press conference. Well, I'm going to be a homer. I know some fans are going to be upset that some of the top players leaked out of the state and ended up in Nebraska or Minnesota, and yeah, that sucks, but I absolutely love three dudes from the state of Kansas in this class, and two of them really slid through the crowd of recruiting. When you look at a guy like Cody Stuffelbean, he just shows up to camp and you go, holy cow, this guy can really play. And Taylor Warner's a beast. Just He just is so aggressive. I think they both play a lot very early in their careers. And I think Stuffelbean has the ability to develop into a really, really special tight end at Kansas State. But my favorite player, without a doubt, is Nate Matlack. Holy cow. I, he just does things out there. You're like, that's not fair. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. He He's playing linebacker in these these highlights. He sheds two blocks, and then he just destroys the ball carrier, and you're like, dude, you're 6'4". You should be getting tangled up out there. He's so graceful, sudden, athletic, long. He's gonna. He's not going to redshirt. Um, he's just not going to redshirt. He's going to play next year. No. No, and I'm, I, I've said it on the boards, but, you know, I'll, I'll repeat it again, and this will just add to your love for him, Fitz. 
you know, when I was able to go in uh, over the summer and watch Nate work out um, at the top speed, you know, training facility that he's been a member at for many years now here in Kansas City, um, talking with the trainer, Joseph Potts, who um, has done a lot for the uh, high school football landscape in Kansas City, but has also uh, trained guys on the Royals before. You know, he's got an extensive Major League Baseball training background. But anyway, um, Nate had left. Um, he finished his workout, calmly leaves, you know, barely broke a sweat. And Joseph Potts turns to me and he goes, I can't break him. I cannot break him. Uh, the kid just continues to come in day after day after day after day. Doesn't matter what workout schedule is put up on the chalkboard. He does it, doesn't complain. And, you know, the, the coaches are going to love him, Fitz. I mean, Chris Dawson's going to love that kind of mentality. That's unbelievable. I feel like I failed. I feel like I should have been on his film early and up the ear hole of all of the recruiting analysts at 24-7 saying, how is this kid three stars? Tell me how this kid is three stars. Explain to me, watch this video, and understand he's playing at a high level in Kansas City if he was in Texas, if he was in Florida, if he was in Georgia or even New Jersey or Ohio, he would be four stars for sure. And if he'd been invited to a national camp, he might be five. I've seen a lot of those guys at camps. What I see on film is someone really, really special. And if he has that kind of work ethic, it's someone that will play on Sundays. And I'm, I'm calling it right now on signing day 2020 here in Whoa, December. Shoot, Whoa. Shoot, shoot or shoot, huh? He's he's going to play next year, and he's going to play on Sundays within four years. He's that good. He's that good. I don't know what position. Might be a defensive end. It's just <laughs> you can just use him at different things. I'm and I'm giving him the nickname the Raptor. That's just it. He doesn't have a choice. Even if he hates it, I'm going to call him that. Uh, it probably won't catch on like the uh, the dragon for Alex Barnes. I, no. I tried. I tried so hard, guys. I like this class. I like this class, and here's one of the reasons why. And, I, and I'm sorry if it, I, you know how much I love Bill Snyder and how things kind of uh, slipped in terms of recruiting. They were always scrambling. They were always trying to fill spots. And then when you went back at two years later and looked at the recruiting class, there was a third of the recruiting class where you didn't even know who these players were. They'd come and gone, and they'd, they never really did anything at K-State, and they'd already disappeared. You already forgot talking about them on signing day. Ryan Wallace, I know kids go through things and kids come and go and they run into obstacles, but I think most of this class, when we look back in four years, five years, we're going to say, how about that 2020 class and what they contributed at Kansas State? Because I think they got good fits, they had solid kids, and they didn't take a bunch of chances to fill the class. Yeah, I mean, another, you know, from the outside looking in, it's another typical Kansas State class. You know, they're they're kind of flirting with the top 50, which if you do know something about K-State recruiting, that is rare. They haven't done that in probably about five or six years. But, you know, somewhere kind of in the middle of the pack nationally, don't have a four-star rated kid. Um, but I honestly think from top to bottom, this is one of the most well-rounded balanced classes that Kansas State has been able to get since 2014. And you go back and look at that 2014 class, and I know it has some junior college failures in there, but that's Dalton Reisner, Dalvin Warmack, Elijah Lee, um, Kendall Adams. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and so those guys were all cornerstones for Kansas State for many years to come. And I'll echo what you said. I think that this class has a bunch of those guys from the top, the most highly rated guys, all the way down to the bottom. 
And I think the scariest thing in saying this, and, and you're right, Fitz, they didn't get the best of the best in Kansas. You know, and they didn't get an offensive tackle in the JUCO ranks. And maybe, like Riley said, and I agree, maybe they should have gotten, you know, one other wide receiver. But, you know, there's no signing class that's ever going to be perfect. We're always going to have things that we're, you know, disappointed in to some degree. But I think when you, when you kind of step back and you really consider what Chris Kleiman and them have been talking about from day one, which is, we're behind the eight ball in 2020. We are trying to come in and form relationships quickly that other programs have already been on for months, if not years. And to see them still be able to land the, the caliber of players that they were able to get, um, it's really, really scary if you're a Big 12 rival, um, seeing what this coaching staff did with 2020, knowing that they're already getting the gears going on 2021, 2022. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to cover this staff for the long haul. And that's exactly where I was just about to pepper in a comment is I don't want to take anything away from today's 2020 class. I think these kids are great, and I think it'll, they'll excite K-State fans. But, boy, if you're not already counting down the days until the, the 2021 signing day, because that's when we're really going to see what can this staff do with time to establish relationships with the best of the best. And I'm excited to see what they do with that class based on what they did with this one. And one more thing, Whit Mitchum, I see you. Man, that kid, I can't wait to see if they can stack good weight on him, Wally. If they can get 20 pounds of muscle on him early, he's he's going to be a left tackle. He is so athletic. I saw highlights. Here he is, you know, committing, announcing his commitment on Tuesday evening, late. And I mean, like a half hour before midnight. Yeah. And so I'm surfing on Twitter, and there are highlights. And granted, he didn't really do anything, but of his McKinsey High School basketball team, and fits. He's the center and looks like you know Shaquille O'Neal, um, and moves really well too. So yeah, there's a lot to like about about Wit. I mean, he's. He's got all the potential. It's just a matter of, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. um, what can the strength team do and, and what can Connor Riley and company do? Well, we could go on a very long time about this, and we will do so with the written word and some videos and some more podcasts. But that's going to do it for this special recruiting signing day podcast from the Go Powercat studios here in downtown Manhattan. Ryan Wallace, thank you. Exceptional as always. Riley Gates, I appreciate you sitting in and helping carry this show because I'm worn out and I didn't do anything today. I sat around and talked and watched you guys work. Fabulous job, guys. Incredible job. You know what you did? You won the dang day. You <laughs> did. You've been listening to the PowerCat Recruiting Podcast, presented by 24-7 Sports. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.